Welcome to the Explosion Network's exploration of Studio Ghibli. Each week we'll be discussing one of the films from within the library of the celebrated animation studio. This is Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonders. Hello, my name is Dylan Blunt, and joining me to discuss today's animated wonder, Kira Marshall. Hey, hey, I'm looking for poppies on a hill. I didn't yep. see any. I think they're illegal. Also, Ashley Hobley. Hey, Dylan, excited to be here to talk about more nepotism. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a question or a full stop? Because it sounded like nepotism. Nepotism? <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> uh, find out soon. <laughs> Uh, today's movie is From Up on Poppy Hill. I mean, like, it's it's called From Up on Poppy Hill, not it's... It's called From Up on Poppy Hill. It was directed by Koro <laughs> Miyazaki, written by Tetsuro Samiya, who did the original story, Hayao Miyazaki and Kiko Niwa, who did the screenplay, and it's based on a comic by Chizuru Takahashi and Tetsuro Yaman. Uh, the main cast, Masumi, Masami Nagasawa, Junchi Akada, Kiko Takashida, Yuriko Ishida, Rumi Hiragi. Uh, it's released in 2011. The synopsis for the film is a group of Yokohama teens look to save their school clubhouse from the wrecking bowl in preparations for the 1964 Tokyo Olympics. Karen, how do you feel about this film? That synopsis just didn't really line up with the film I watched completely, but I mean, it is. I, it's, it's, it's try and save nice. the clubhouse. I, <laughs> I had love. I really enjoyed this movie. I thought this was a really fun movie to watch. Um, it might have one of my favorite soundtracks from any of the Ghibli movies. Like, it just had this kind of jazz band kind of soundtrack underneath a lot of the kind of more um, group based or major scenes of the movie that I really enjoyed. Uh, I thought, you know, it had the traditional quirky Japanese, are we family, aren't we family, are we in love, is this okay? Is um, it incest? Yeah, the, you know, the, the whole... Typical. The, Why is that just, a typical Japanese it, thing? It's so It happens so often in Japanese stuff. It's so weird. It's so it's just part of whatever. It just happens all the time. It's just, you're just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know, Didn't I know really, Game of Thrones yeah. was Japanese, but... Um, I, uh, <laughs> That's where jo- I, George I really enjoyed the characters, and I think it had a good story. Ash, yeah, this is like a very sweet, likable film. Uh, yeah, nice cast of characters, uh, well animated, music's good. I don't think it. It's just missing something to go to the next level. I don't know. It was just something about it that's not that didn't make it stand out, but yeah, it's still a pretty solid, good movie. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, um, I wasn't the biggest fan, weirdly. And I, I, had a, I had a weird experience with this movie where I thought I was enjoying it. And by the time I got to the end, I just feel like it had like, I was like, well, that movie was just kind of empty. Weirdly. Like, I feel like they spend a lot of time building, 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 and then it just kind of ends. I'm like, 
those characters weren't even that interesting. And like they were sort of like, I feel like I found the overall feel of the town. That was what I was enjoying so much. And the overall feeling of this school mentality and this clubhouse thing. Yeah. I was like, I think I, yeah, I think I was in love with that more so than the characters. And by the time I got to the end of the movie, I was like, I don't really know if I care about you or feel anything for this newfound romance. And really I was enjoying just what was happening less so more so than the characters. And I, it, it took me to the end of the movie to realize that. And then that kind of made me question how I felt about everything going on. Cause it's just, I was in the moment for a lot of it. I'm like, Oh, pretty. And this movie is really well animated and nearly to a degree. It feels over animated at points, but kind of enjoyed it anyway. Like I'm pretty sure in every frame, something's like, they're like, yeah, we'll make this everything like this slight collar. It's fluttering in the wind, like a tiny bit. <laughs> like the, there was like so many little there details that seemed nearly too much. Like, it's like maybe it was a little bit, a little bit ham with the animation. And there's just a lot happening at all points. Even in, I mean, the, the part that I appreciate the most, I guess, where there's lots happening is whenever they went into the actual town, town section or whatever. And yep. there's just so much shit happening in the background and noise and whatever else and it's really weird though because the, the whole movie is this it's about a small town and dealing with uh post-war stuff mm. and it's got this very small boat town feeling yet for whenever they went into the, the the fishing village i guess is what they, they they really are like the fishermen and whatever when they went to the fishing village it had a, a big city feel about it nearly which i found quite odd considering anywhere outside of that it was just sort of these humble neighborhoods and uh whatever else but yeah i guess my my biggest dilemma is the characters the two whose names i can't remember if I have to yumi and shun shun there you go so you if you i would say you like it more than me than kira did you actually find those characters and the love story well i really liked worthwhile then? i really liked yeah no i did really like both characters i really liked how Yumi broke away from a lot of the kind of character quirks that we have in other um, Ghibli movies that are kind of in the same kind of vein where she really had her life, to, like not her life together, but she had like her head screwed on. She was in control of the house she was looking after while her mum was away. Like she was really kind of level-headed and just involved with everything. And I think... Um, that was really nice and almost refreshing to have from a character in the Ghibli movies, as well as should himself just had a very kind of this, when he first kind of is uh, introduced or kind of has this moment on the roof, you, you think, Oh, okay. This is going to be this kind of over like this over kind of bearing charismatic character. Who's going to be brash, but everybody loves him, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I think he was pretty layered enough for the character. Like he wasn't overly complex, but he had enough care and passion about the school or at least about the clubhouse and the clubs within it. Um, that I think I, I still enjoyed his character and his search for kind of where he came from, I guess. What are your thoughts on all that, Ash? Characters and... Yeah, I thought they were interesting enough. I don't think they're like a great amount of depth or nothing we hadn't seen before. I think obviously Yumi's got a very interesting backstory where she doesn't have her parents around all the time and she's living with her grandmother and like is pretty much running the family at that point. Uh, plus two borders there as well. Um, I feel like that family dynamic wasn't greatly explained as throughout the film. 
Um, and then her brother just disappears like halfway through. It's just <laughs> very true. It's just her and her you, sister. Last time, last time you saw him was uh, in, in the front of the TV, TV where yeah. he's like, "No, I, I don't want to go get any pork." And then, okay, you don't want to get any more pork. You are yeah, out of this movie. Yeah, you are gone. Right. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, yeah, with the whole like family dynamic and stuff, I would say on that, it it does this weird thing where it presents it at the start of the movie, like, oh, look at this bustling family and look how much work she has to do and everything. But then weirdly that, like everything else in the movie just kind of becomes an ease for her. Like, I never feel like she has any struggles in this movie. And no. they don't really show it emotional, even emotional struggles until the, the scene she breaks down with her mother, obviously. But up until that point, she's just kind of floating through she does all that with it she does all the family tasks with ease she does the school stuff with ease she saves the clubhouse with ease like i I really felt like there wasn't much struggle from any of this sort of stuff it was just kind of like superhero teen girl can do everything i don't think i don't think she's a superhero i just think she has lived this way since her mother's gone to america and that and since her father passed away like since they moved here with their grandmother I just think she kind of just has her shit together. Like she just is in control of, yeah, she's just in a rhythm with it. And even like the time where she gets home late and she's like, sorry, I haven't cooked anything, blah, blah, blah. She's still immediately in control of that situation. She's still like um, the artist, I think is a border. I don't think that's a sister where um, she was like, yeah, can you start doing this? Start doing this. Um, can somebody go get pork? Okay, nobody's going to get pork. It's fine. I'll just do it myself. There was no like anger about nobody else wanting to go get the pork. It was just kind of, sweet, we're going. So I just think it was just kind of in her rhythm. And I think that's what made her breaking down in front of her mother um, that much more kind out of, of out of rhythm. But just also, maybe that's just the final point where she's just kind of, she can't hold point, herself yeah. together anymore. Yeah, it's just her breaking point where she's just, she's normally a like a bowl filled with water to the brim and just that moment is just kind of poured all the water out over the top of it. Mm. Yeah, I can I can feel it. I can get down with what you're saying. Uh, so into the thematic breakdown, the first thing I wrote down, because we have to talk about this, obviously, uh, we shat on kind of unapologetically <laughs> we shat on tale, the tales from fc obviously a couple of weeks ago when we talked about that movie goro miyazaki's first film now this is his second one uh this time he did this with father's permission to the point that father was actually on board Hayao Miyazaki the involved in the screenplay of course yeah um but i then couldn't help find because we pointed out how in tales from fc that it, the movie literally just starts with a son killing their father and be like, fuck you, I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm watching this and every time there's like a big part of the movie revolves around this father stuff. So I was kind of like trying to read into that a bit more to see if there's any yeah. sorts of He's going like, stuff you're not my real it. dad. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so you've got a character, which by the way, it is worth pointing out that the same actor voices the what whatever the, what's the boy's name shun. shun shun the same person voices shun who voiced the main character in tales from mercy it's the exact same okay. actor uh so you got the same actor but this time they don't kill their father <laughs> in fact this time <laughs> their father has been killed uh horribly during the war mm. uh, and then they're kind of dealing with that where they've now got a different father and they're they're accepted of their adopted father but still wishing to know the truth of the real one and then by the end of the movie, I was like, so what is this? What's the storyline? Like, 
it doesn't matter who your real father is. It's it's the person, the people that raise you kind of thing. Because then if you t- take that into Goro Miyazaki's life, <laughs> his father wasn't around much. His father was always uh, at work, like doing Studio Ghibli stuff during the entire time he was through uh, his younger years. So then I'm like, hmm, is that like Goro is being like, hmm, maybe he has a different father figure, <laughs> but still wants to be close to Miyazaki. Uh, hey, I don't know. I was trying to read into it a bit much, purposely, but I'm willing to yeah. admit that I, I was trying yeah, to probably connect not dots. a lot there. <laughs> I was, was going to say, considering that freaking Heyo did the screenplay of this, I don't think Heyo would write that necessarily into it. Like, I don't think... Who knows what he changed on the fly? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he changed in gonna add- the animation. <laughs> yeah. just, just, that just Heyo Miyazaki was probably working on. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Goro, Goro, Goro... Can you animate him to say this? Like, no, that was definitely in the script. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, it's not in the script, but we're going to add a whole subplot about this character not knowing their father, and we're going to like switch who their father is like three times throughout this movie. Okay. Okay. Let's go and break. Like, just. I like- wish they'd. Uh, <laughs> I wish they'd done more focus on that. That's the thing that I feel like. Obviously, the focus was on Yumi the entire film, but I feel like they could have shown a bit more of his family dynamic and that kind of thing as to why. His father thing is like an important thing to him. Yeah. I feel like there's that one scene where he shows up, but that's it. Yeah. Does anyone else think it's weird that it, this movie has this whole subplot about like the love story with the 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 fake teased out incest stuff? That's like one level, but then also the fact the movie makes a point to point out how twelve o'clock melodrama it is by having one of the characters literally say, Oh my god, this is so much like a melodrama or so, uh, something along those lines. They literally say <laughs> yeah. it in the movie. I'm like, wow, that's really on the nose. <laughs> Considering if you're well aware the the type of love story you're telling. Uh, how, I know Kieran just said that's pretty normal, but Ash, the the, the teased inset stuff, did you find it weird? To, to like, you're like, no, what? that's, Jap- that's I mean, Japan. <laughs> I think that's just uh, pop culture now, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. <laughs> I think Luke and Leia, <laughs> uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Feel like there's been a lot of incest in the last like few years. But Game of Thrones was actually incest, not teased incest. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, just, e- even like it- even the more recent Star Wars, like everybody thought Ray and Kylie were related. Did they though? Yeah. <laughs> like it's hard. I just I just think it's 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 throughout Jap- Japanese anime. You still watch just anime in general. It, it's there is all these ra- always these random uh, subplots of siblings having crushing crushes on their actual like older siblings, or just these like oh we've fallen in love, but oh no, we just found out we're family. What do we do now? Like this, and I guess as a as a Western viewer, it's it, it's very weird and just not part of our culture at all but i guess it's just seen very differently in japan i mean it is weird everywhere right? <laughs> <laughs> they just like, like doing it more that. in japan yeah i i mean I, i'll give it like i i didn't find it super weird I, in the movie i didn't think i think it's fine it's just it's funny it kind of comes up but the the, the f- like the one scene they say oh like even though we're brother sister or they think they're brother sister like ah but i'll still always love you i think the the key thing there is they just have that one second where they hold hands and he's like i agree 
like I oh, yes I love you too or whatever and then she gets on the train because like when that scene played out I just took it as like we're not going to do anything but the feelings are there like, at least even, we're open like, with our feelings yes yeah like no matter what I'm gonna love you even if I have to just love you as a brother that's that's how I took that scene as th- th- there's always going to be love there for me for me to you so I took it as I'm always going to have these feelings but I know the right thing to do. To do, <laughs> kinda, I guess. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm just going to repress these feelings. You know, that's healthy. It, it's that's like, very healthy. It's like uh, <laughs> gay people around that time. You know, they might have been in love, but they had to keep it secret. Otherwise, it'd be scrutinized and lynched. Probably. I don't know what they did in Japan at that time. Yeah. I don't know. I think that being gay in Japan is still not as. It's <laughs> still not great. Yeah. Wise, but um. All right, so that was that was like the thematic things I wrote down besides incest. So obviously, a lot of the movie revolves around sixties post-war Japan and also growing up in a small town. I think, I guess, Goro, like he wasn't born, he didn't live through that exact period. He was like born or early seventies, but I guess he might have close enough-ish that he doesn't have the exact thing but like maybe he lived in a small town like i i got the feeling that he spent some of his childhood living in a similar sort of town to this because this just simply by the amount of love as i'm saying put into that town and making that place feel really real and lived in and everything like that so it did make me wonder if he was bringing something special there from his own life but the the 60s post-war early before tokyo olympics obviously that's just basis of the original material i don't really think there's any much anything much more to that apart from that's just a setup for how the small town then they're trying to rebuild and everything but and i guess the other core uh key element is obviously what the everything to do with the club and the whole reason they're trying to keep to keep the club is because they want to not forget their country's past and like what everyone yeah. fought for and the people who died who grew up in that school uh, in- and use that clubhouse also. Interesting in all the Ghibli films is like environmental con- conservation themes. This one's as a building conversa- conservation theme. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like antithetical to. He's like environmental. Listen, no, exactly. no, it's just interesting that we obviously progressed to further point in history. It's like. We need to preserve these old things that we once had. They hold significance uh, and they're important to our history. Uh, you know, just like all the environment stuff they did previous. I could definitely see Hayo getting on board this sort of plot as well. Because obviously we've talked about he, how he's a very, you know, fuck technology and what the hell. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't know what a Netflix is. and need to you respect know, he's, things he's with a very... need to Respect stuff that's here and not just advance constantly yeah like not go so fast with technology and the future that we forget everything that's Mm. prior kind of thing you know evolve at a decent pace without forgetting everything that came before kind of thing yeah kieran is there anything else uh either of those two points or any other themes you've kind of do you reckon you picked up on while watching um i think it's it's very i think for japan especially this period of time is a very transitional period 
um, because it is moving away from post-war where they kind of the country is moving on from what happened in World War II and moving on and rebuilding itself now, pulling itself back in society. It's a very big thing for Tokyo to have the Olympics. Olympics. Um, Like in the year, so this would have been 1963, the movie was set in. So the following year to have the Olympics coming up. Um, It's a really big thing for them to be allowed to have the Olympics after kind of siding with Germany in World War II and, and kind of, that's them rebuilding their stature in human society and the general international economy. Um, so I think it's just an interesting reflection of that world at that time. And I think even though um, it wasn't very directly kind of important to the story, I just still found that setting very fascinating and very interesting to to watch. I guess it, it is like it's – this weird layer that's connected to everything in the war because, of course, all of their parents, you'd presume everyone's parents there were either Somehow in the war or, like, married to someone who was in the war or something because they, they very much give you the idea. They explain that... Um, her, what's her name? Fuck, I can never remember her character's name. These damn Yumi? Uh, Yumi, thank you. Yumi's dad died, but he he wasn't, like, a Navy... He was running. He was running a no. He was. Uh, he would have been a part of the navy, but just doing supply runs. No, yeah, well, I supply. believe post World War Two, Japan weren't allowed to have like an active, like military, yeah, military force. Correct. It's purely support and assistance, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it may, it may sound like everyone in this village. I feel like a lot of them would have been those supply people not the fight whatever the name of fighter ships are so you know that was a connecting factor and i, I guess that's also interesting because it means that because i feel like a lot of ghibli's films about war take this sort of weird interesting neutral stance a lot of times like you know even grave of the fireflies is an interesting one to watch because i, I feel like it's neither it's it's neither pro or negative for any side it's just telling the story of someone who's there yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 not interested in really telling you the war was bad or the war was good. It's just the war happened, and this is the the kind of what a story around that. And in a, in a lot of don't start Ash with you go fireflies crap. Um, <laughs> and in a lot of ways, this movie has similar themes to a lot of the other ones where it touches on war. Where it's it, it, it no no character in this movie discusses the war to a point where they're like, yeah, fuck you, yeah, like. Glad this person won. Glad this person lost. Or the war was bad. The war was good. In, in fact, yeah. it, even when they talk about their parents dying, they're just like, "It's a thing that happened, yeah. and it's horrible, and that's just part of it." No one ever has a like a, a true position on the war in these movies. They always just talk about it as it's part of history, not yeah. something that's and shaping their lives. You've got to remember for Japan, especially Japan, probably like this might be it's it's not a hot take, but Japan probably is the like. Almost on par, if not worse, they came off at the end of World War Two than like like the kind of the losing side because they did in fact have the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima. Like yeah. that is a widespreading and impacting kind of event that happened to Japan that they kind of had to rebuild from as a society. Um, and there was lots of lives lost there, and it, it's just yeah to have moved on and be at this point in history where they have kind of accepted that it is history and that, that that's what happened um, is just part of it now. 
But that, yeah, that's but it makes that whole clubhouse thing even more interesting because they're not like, oh, let's just forget it and like start anew. Yes. We want to start because I feel like that's uh, all the characters in the movie who are like, we need to start anew. We need to to start Japan over. It's it's time to forget the past. I feel like I kind of took all those characters as kind of wanting to wash away the sins or washing yeah. away that, that sort of thing. And they're like, let's all start again. Whereas all of the our, our characters who we're part of are like, no, 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 it happened. And what, yeah, we want to move on, but also let's not forget that it happened. And we don't need to talk about it every day. We don't need to fucking bring it up every week and, and, and discuss it at meetings and, you know, really get into the fine details. But le- like, let's not just knock it down and forget that it happened at all. You know, let's not, let's not remove the stain. Let's leave it there as a subtle reminder kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah uh, maybe it would have been interesting to explore that a little bit more rather than just, especially in the debate, they just call each other names. The that bait seems great. It was a great scene. Bait seems awesome. But you know, there was no was not much a lot of fun. uh substance or actual arguments. Okay, you picking as your favorite scene? You picking as your favorite scene? Let's go there. Favorite scene character and or why ash? Is it that or I think it's that it's pretty close. There are a couple of good scenes. I I think it's probably the when the the uh chairman of the board comes and visits the the yeah. clubhouse at the end. He's asking all these questions and he's getting all these great answers. <laughs> he asks the astronomers what they've learned, and their answer is, "We've re- we have short lives. The sun has a very long life. We don't know nothing." Yeah, he's it's like, like research will continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, now that you brought it up, that is my favorite scene. That is the 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 the, the funniest part of the movie. This team going up, answering those questions, and that that astronomer scene is the only time I legit laughed out loud in the movie. He's like, the short lies, years away, and uh, research will continue. So he's like, great answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that was the best. That's fine. Uh, what's, what do you reckon, though, Ken? Um, Well, I think Yumi's just my favorite character in general, just because, as I said, I think she's got her head screwed on and in control of everything, which is really interesting that that's, you know, you're so used to characters in movies like this being like, oh, I've got to get used to looking after the family and balancing school and life and, and, and home life and everything. But it's nice just to have a character that is like, I've got that balanced. That's balanced. That's fine. Let's just live life. Um, but my favorite scene was the first time they actually go to the clubhouse because I don't think mm. in my brain, my brain had just fully clicked to what the clubhouse was. Um, and then when they go in there and it's just that, just to see how all of the different kind of school clubs interact with each other and play off each other. Just like having the philosophy club, like just that <laughs> guy starting ranting about philosophy is just, was so funny. Just uh, like, and even just a little bit after with um, I think I can't, I don't know the character's name, but the school president's like, I'll walk you back down. So you don't like cop another cop, the spiel from the philosophy club. Um, and just having that kind of volatile situation of, boys looking after a giant clubhouse that is just a complete mess but it's like it's almost like structured chaos where there is some kind of structure to it for all the boys that go there but anybody else who looks at it goes what is going on why why is this place such a mess it's just Uh, yeah i really love the character of that clubhouse itself in this movie yeah i think one of my favorite lines is i think they think the dust is part of the history (laughs) 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 It's true. It may be. The dust has seen yeah. some shit, you know? The dust has seen some shit. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Another yeah, scene, just the, the reveal, obviously, of uh, Shun not being uh, her dad's son. And, like, the story of how that actually happened. Like, he took the baby. From the mother, signed, you mean? 
Yeah. <laughs> he signed, signed for the baby. He says, brings her home even though he's got one baby on the way. It's like, he was kind of <laughs> impulsive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your, your, your father had a great heart but he was kind of impulsive <laughs> <laughs> although that's we then very gave sad it away that it would have ended up in an orphanage so, I mean he did the right thing in the end also the other mystery is we don't know how the hell Shun injured his hand at the start of the movie where he has like and he says a cat scratched it but yeah. I was like okay we're going to find out that he was involved in something that got him hit no no just does not just goes unmentioned for the rest of the, on the movie boat. I'm like must have hurt himself on the boat possibly yeah yeah I think it was a tease tying the cat shell return too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Come and see. Uh, How cool I, would it have been if the cat in this movie had just been the same cat from? I for a hot second actually thought it was so, <laughs> like until it stood up properly, I was like, damn, what a disappointment that is. Uh, Ash, let's update. Dylan. Let's update your rankings. Upgate. Upgate. Yeah. Update. Let's update, update your rankings. So we're up to eighteen, right? Correct. It's number 18. All right. 18. Tales from the Earthsea. 17. (laughs) Grave of the Fireflies. 16. Ocean Waves. 15. My Neighbors the Yamadas. 14. The Cat Returns. 13. Castle in the Sky. 12. Pompoko. 11. The Secret World of Ariadne. 10. Only Yesterday. 9. From Up on Poppy Hill. 8. Spirit Away. 7. My Neighbor Totoro. 6. Whisper of the Heart. 5. Kiki's Delivery Service. Four, Poco Rosso. Three, Ponyo. Two, House Movie Castle. Number one, Princess Pononoke. Oh, your lists. I don't know what it is. Any show that we do lists, <laughs> Ash's, Ash's show, Ash's list just gives me just physical pain. Like it feels like I've got heartburn while he's reading it. I don't, I don't know. know what you're talking about. It's perfect. Correct order. <laughs> Kieran, what is your list up there? Uh, okay, at 18, I've got uh, My Neighbor, the Yamadas. 17, Towers of Earthsea. Uh, 16, Is Only Yesterday. 15, Ocean Waves. 14, Pompoko. 13, Castle in the Sky. 12, Ariete. 11, Cat Returns. 10, Kiki's Delivery Service. 9, Princess Mononoko. 8, Grave of the Fireflies. 7, uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, six, Whisper of the Heart. Five, Porco Rosso. Four, From Up on Poppy Hill. Three, Ponyo. Two, Helmut's Moving Castle. And number one, Spirited Away. All right. What an interesting time we live in. Um, <laughs> 18, Tales from Earthsea. 17, Ocean Waves. 16, My Neighbors Yamadas. 15, The Cat Returns. 14, From Up on Poppy Hill. 13, Pompoko. 12, Castle in the Sky. 11, The Secret World of Ariadne. 10, Howl's Moving Castle. 9, Whisper of the Heart. 8, Porco Rosso. 7, Grave of the Fireflies. 6, Kiki's Delivery Service. 5, Princess Mononoke. 4, Only Yesterday. 3, Ponyo. 2, Totoro. 1, Spirited Away. Spirited that's all, that's all that Kira crowned. cares about. He's like, get that yes. grave of the fireflies, not dead at the bottom. Get that spirit of the way up. Yep. That's all you need 100%. to do to keep him happy. <laughs> 100%. So, that, like, I can see now by the end of this show, Spirit of the Way is going to be our collective number one movie. Who knows? Maybe something could overtake. Maybe I could have a shock to the system. I know. A shock Maybe to all the- these oh. films are better than Spirit of the Way, and then it goes lower on my list. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Absolutely oh. disturbing. Mm. Uh, so in case mm. you don't know how many films there are, we only have four, four left. And that means we're not doing another update on the rankings until the end of this podcast. So strap in for the last four episodes um, and get ready to find out our final ranking in just a month's time, where I'm sure we'll all still be annoyed at Ash's rankings of several movies. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That has been Animated Wonder number 18 from Mop on Poppy Hill. You can let us know what you thought of the film on Twitter. You can follow all of us on Twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. Next week's film is Hayao Miyazaki's last film again, (laughs) The Wind (laughs) Rises. So make sure to watch that one before next week's episode releases. And until then, bye. Bye. Join Teen Spirited Away. <laughs>